This is Small Changes, Stark Reality on jasoncharles.net. party people how the hell are you another episode of stark reality coming your way hope everybody's hanging in this time we're rolling out the red carpet all the way to rio de janeiro for magabo he's an internationally known dj and producer who's released music and remixes on a number of labels true thoughts ninja tune kumbancha suit soundway and his own carfundo and kashambu labels Originally from Seattle, he's been based in Rio for 20 years plus. Keeps very busy touring and performing in over 50 countries at this point, from Ethiopia to India to even uh, northeastern parts of Brazil. He works with local musicians and incorporates various traditional rhythms and fuses it with modern dance production. We talk about a bunch of stuff, problems with pressing vinyl these days, Bolsonaro and uh, Brazilian politics, the idea of community, building relationships and collaborations, playing festivals in Rajasthan, India, dealing with trolls on social media, the leftist news org Brazil Wire, Ukraine, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Top peoples, though. Really good people. Go get his productions. He is a great producer and has a new record out, too. So anyways, without any further ado, Magabo on Stark Reality. We gonna rule the world, don't you know, don't you know? We are gonna rule the world, don't you know, don't you know? We gonna put it together. Gonna put it together. We gonna rule the world, don't you know? Don't you know? We gonna rule the world, don't you know? Don't you know? We gonna put it together. We gonna put it together. Nice to see you. Yeah, virtually. I know, right? Exactly. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, what is going on, Magabo? <clears throat> I keep forgetting what. What's your real name, anyway? I keep forgetting. Bo. 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 Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And uh, where are you these days? Are you still in Rio? Yeah, I'm in Rio. Nice. Nice. I know. I was kind of like listening back to that uh, radio show archive from a bit ago. We were playing some that like compilation of uh, music kind of like northern brazilian music that you and a friend had kind of put together some stuff from yeah from well from the label carfundo Car- yeah yeah carfundo yeah yeah, yeah. 
So that's your yeah. that's your label, right? Uh, no, that was a label that I did with a, a friend, and that's since folded. And now, um, so I started a new label called Kashambu. <clears throat> so basically, kind of working off the, a lot of the same material that was on Kafundo, and then also my back catalog, and then a number of other new stuff. And so now we're sort of. Uh, the, the, my new album was the the first release. Ah, okay, yeah. You just came out with so. a, a new record. I guess your first record in like ten years, right? Yeah, yeah. My first solo record. And right, I've been right. doing lots of other records, you know, for other people and compilations and stuff like that. But yeah, my own stuff. So how did that um, feel to kind of get back in the uh, studio to kind of do something or at least put something out that was more your own? Good. I mean, I I guess. Um, you know, in a way, I, I wasn't. It wasn't like I was like sort of out, not working on that stuff. But I guess I didn't, you know, to pull all the pieces together and you know make it happen. And then the, it was all ready to go, like maybe a year before the the pandemic. Um, and then the pandemic hit, and then it was like, well, shit, what am I? You know, and then we're hearing all these stories about vinyl being, you know, like a year delay on getting the vinyl. Um, and were you so gonna, it was kind of you were going to press it in the states then, or where were you going to press it? No, well, I kind I didn't really to begin when I decided I wanted to do vinyl. I, I didn't really have a, a specific game plan, but I just went kind of checking things. You know, in Brazil, it's there's a guy, there's a really great guy that that bought the um, the only of remaining vinyl pressing plant in South America, which um, in Brazil, and he you know, uh, repaired all the equipment and got it up and running and everything. And so he does, he, they, they do a great job here, but it's more expensive. And I was kind of thinking, you know, the people that are going to buy this record are mostly in Europe. So it makes more sense to do it in Europe, but then in Europe, they were having the same thing, you know? So, uh, the same problems with, with, um, yeah, everything is like backlogged. <clears throat> I mean, maybe you can explain to people what's going on. See, my, my impression is it's all these people with like, the record store day releases or that vinyl is quote unquote in, you know, so now we have to reissue the top gun soundtrack, you know, for the sixth time or something. It's so right. you're kind of like a lot of silly stuff gets pressed, but then all the independent people who are actually like, Oh, I love vinyl collected all this stuff. I want to put my release out on vinyl. They get kind of hosed in a way. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, I well, I think that kind of <laughs> sort of mostly the way things happen with the little guy. And I mean, yeah, as you mentioned, the the bigger record labels are doing all these reissues and trying to take advantage of the, um, you know, the surge in popularity of vinyl. Um, I mean, the surge in popularity of vinyl, that's a great thing, I think. But uh, that the, you know, that the record plants are totally booked up with this other stuff that is kind of, you know, so we don't have availability. And then you know, it's, yeah, it's kind of a vicious cycle, but hopefully, you know, it will get sort of equal, you know, leveled out at some point. And what's kind of crazy is a lot of those machines are old. I mean, I remember going, I think, at Brooklyn Phono, and they had gotten, I think, their machines from either Nashville or somewhere down south, and they looked from the 70s. All the buttons looked like it was something from, like, Star Wars or something. So it's uh -huh. kind of crazy to, like, take those machines and, and repair them to get them up and running. It's not – I mean, I guess – are people yeah, even making new vinyl press pressing machines, really, or No. I that I know of, I I, I I mean, maybe somebody in Europe and but then imagine, you know, the, that shit must be really, really heavy, you know, and to send that to another continent is, you know, ridiculously right, expensive. Right. And, 
you know, so it makes sense to be recuperating stuff that's, you know, been basically abandoned in a warehouse in north, the north zone of Rio de Janeiro, you know, uh, which is what they did. So, um, but they've got it all up and running and, you know, and they found, and the other thing is finding people that know how to run that stuff and how to repair no, it. No, it's tricky. No, it's because those machines are, are like big and wacky and all kinds of things, you know, like the pellets, I guess you put in, then it melts down. And obviously, you know, you want your records to be able to be played. So they have to be, you know, pressed in a certain way. So it's kind of like, I guess there's some precision, precision, aspects of this machine that again is maybe oh, yeah. from the late 60s early 70s yeah. it's kind of like well i think you know kind of like the, the you know back in the day when we were using like two inch 24 track tapes and you have to align the tape heads you know um stuff like that i'm sure there's a ton of you know calibrating the the, the different pieces of equipment that go into you know making lacquer and you know it's a yeah anyway <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy man but um but yeah, but it it was good that you that you wanted to kind of just do your own thing because you you do collaborate with a lot of people, and I know that you have traveled the globe all over the place, Africa, India, kind of uh, working with different people. So yeah, um, <clears throat> I mean, I guess you know, in a way, that's kind of one of the other factors that makes things take such a long time because there's so many different people involved, and um, you know, and everybody's busy and that kind of thing. So. That was another sort of factor. And I guess also, you know, I was touring a lot. I've been touring the last 10 years, touring basically nonstop, um, you know, making the compilation for Cafundo. And then I've, I have another project uh, with some, pe some uh, people from Rio who live in Lyon called Sociedade Recreativa, um, which actually I'm leaving next week for we have a couple of gigs in France and, and Spain. Uh, sorry, not uh, Switzerland. <clears throat> um, so that's a project that's another ongoing thing. Um, and all these things kind of take away from doing personal stuff in a way. Um, so I'm kind of trying to change that around. I'm, I'm kind of the, the thing that really interests me now is, is the production and creation of new music, composition, that sort of thing. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe that's a, a, a sort of a, a, a result, an aftershock of the, the pandemic, you know, being in that kind of no uh, nightlife, no big sound system, no kind of, you know, loud pumping kind of vibe, more of like a tranquil, like, let's all calm down sort of vibe. Yeah, and obviously the pandemic <clears throat> has hit Brazil like other places because, again, the government <laughs> wasn't necessarily uh, probably handling it in the best way. You know, no, you, I mean, uh, yeah. Bolsonaro is like he's kind of a Trump like figure, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. How, yeah. how has that been living in Brazil during that time? Because I know part of the whole thing about wanting to get you on this podcast, because I know that uh, you occasionally thumb up on my random rants on uh, social media and stuff. So <laughs> what has it been like? I mean, I know that you're 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 originally from Seattle, but you've been down there for what, like 20 years or how long you've been down there? I've been. Let's see, I guess. Uh, so 20, 23 years. I, I came in 1999. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, yeah, so for a little while, I, I naturalized as a Brazilian and, you know, so and I, I, yeah, so I lived here. But 
being here during the pandemic, yeah, it was, I mean, interesting, as I'm sure it was, you know, to be anywhere in the world during the pandemic, you know, how many times you get the opportunity to go through a, a worldwide pandemic. That's a, like, what a crazy thing. You know? Absolutely insane. I mean, like, still not quite done either. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's the thing. It's still, I mean, people are going out. I, I, I still am doing my gigs here and there, but it's still uh -huh. wacky. Still, still people dying and getting, you know, getting it oh, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got it finally. I guess I, I don't know, maybe I, should, maybe I shouldn't say finally, but I got it a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, and I've been vaccinated and three times. So, uh, were the, were the vaccines anyway. uh, available down there in general or no? Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit slow to roll out, and Brazil is a country that um, has a very um, proud tradition of vaccination going back, you know, decades and. Um, so for, you know, the Bolsonaro administration to then totally drop the ball and they were, you know, then of course there are various examples of, of them basically trying to, uh, make money off of it, you know, um, you saw all of these things, you know, delayed the, the distribution of, of vaccine, but now it's, now it's available and basically, you know, we just got our fourth dose. We went down, you know, 20 minutes from our house and it's free you just go and give them your name say hey you know i want this and they say oh do you want the flu dose too i opted out of the flu <laughs> dose, yeah i but, never uh, really got the flu shot i don't know it's yeah one of those things where but obviously you know especially when it first rolled out and you know it hit new york very hard obviously so yeah we were hearing sirens for like 10 hours a day <laughs> you know, in that summer of 2020, you know, it's just crazy. Yeah, well, that was, of course, you know, Black Lives Matter movement beginning as well, <clears throat> which was kind of like a crazy for me to see that from here was like, you know, I was kind of feeling like fear of like, was it FOMO, um, you know, wanting to sort of be there and be participating. Um, but that was a yeah, really interesting time the last two, three years for sure. Yeah. And um, how, how do you how do you kind of look at like, I guess, you know, Bolsonaro is kind of like, like I said, a sort of Trump, almost like white supremacist type figure. Like, obviously, there's still a lot of racism and issues in Brazil, too. Right. Oh, yeah. Very much. Because so. you kind of yeah, don't think about that, like living in the States and in different countries, how the sort of racism plays out, you know. But uh, yeah, well, I think I mean, that's a you know, Brazil is part of the Americas, you know, we're, we're part of America here as well. So, you know, Brazil suffered the same slave trade, just like the United States. And so in a lot of ways, it's really similar. Um, <clears throat> and I think Bolsonaro, you know, he's, yeah, basically white supremacist, um, neoliberal, kind of basically, he's a, you know, a thief. He's been, you know, from the very get go, you know, trying to take advantage of everything he possibly can, you know, and, and you know, all of the, the signs point to uh, he and his family being the uh, the killers of Maria de Franco, for example, um, just the, you know, the list of things going on, you know, he f faked uh, uh, being stabbed during the campaign, like, there's just a list of, like, so many things it's kind of crazy. Yeah, because um, now, I, you know, I follow like, uh, you know, Brazil Wire. And that guy Brian, yeah, Mayer, Brian Mayer, yeah, yeah, he's really good. Yeah. So he's yeah, yeah. he's been kind of talking about how he's been hinting about almost like you know, I guess he's incorporated a lot of generals and stuff into his cabinet. So 
I yeah. mean, do you think we're, that there, there's going to be some fuckery with the upcoming elections? Because obviously he's like 20 points behind, right, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, for sure there will be fuckery, for sure. Um, God, I love that word fuckery. I don't. I speak. I mostly speak. I mostly. I'm speaking Portuguese. You know, most of the time. So fuckery. That's a great word. Uh, yeah, and that's what there will be for sure. Um, you know, I think Lula is like 47 percent intent of vote at this point. So it's quite possible that you know it looks like he would win in the first round there would be um, like because yeah, they have these things like runoffs and stuff right if it's close well enough, yeah there's yeah. two two yeah so it's the, the first round i'm trying to i don't know how to say this exactly the person who gets like i guess 50 they get more votes that nobody nobody could um yeah they get the they get the i don't know how they measure it that that or how to say that the, the the intent of vote is higher than the other candidates and none of the other candidates could come close enough and so therefore they win in the first round if that, that's not the case then two of them go on the the the, the candidates top with the two, two or top, top two go to the next the second round yeah um so yeah, let's see. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's kind of ironic that like Bolsonaro, who was the guy who was expo he was um, expulsed, he was kicked out of the, the military when he, you know, he's been in the, uh, the Senate for, for 30 years, a politician for 30 years, basically doing nothing. And that was after he had been, you know, kicked out of the, the military for he tried to do a, like a, a terrorist act, like blow, blow up some barracks and basically, yeah, like him trying to take advantage of the situation and get something out of it. So they honorably discharged him, kicked him out. And here now he, you know, he, the military is like in cahoots with him and they actually, it's crazy. It's like, yeah, but. <clears throat> yeah, because yeah. even there was that whole thing that kept like Lula from running, right? The sort of the, what do they call it? The lava jato, the operation car wash thing. That was yeah. Kind that's of like enough. a whole scandal with uh, one of the judges, right? Sergio Moro. Yeah, Sergio Moro, who right. was so, I mean, that's a long involved thing that happened, you know, so. Uh, you know, it kind of and the U.S. kind of hand a hand in that too, because it wasn't like the FBI or the Department of Justice. Oh, absolutely. There was little, yeah. Again, another thing that I think Brazil wire broke basically. Yeah. Well, it's it's. I mean, if it, and I think it actually kind of goes back, and I, it's crazy because seeing like, and I'm sure we'll get to this in a minute, but like seeing, um, you know, Victoria Nuland in Kiev in 2014 handing out. Um, you know, bulls and, uh, yeah, and I hear made on square. Like, yeah, she's hanging. Oh, she's and, going to Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka now too. I mean, she's just oh, one sure. of those characters, man. She's one of those yeah, like she, evil, okay, evil I, characters. You know, uh, is, is she really going to Sri I Lanka? I think so. Yeah, no, for real. Yeah, she probably is. Yeah. Anyway, so you know, seeing like all the stuff that happened now, because I wasn't so aware in 2016, I wasn't so aware of what had been happening. Yeah, I'm all I'm still catching up on all that stuff. Yeah. So to sort of see now, like learning about and keeping up with everything happening in Ukraine, what happened in 2014 in Ukraine, and seeing how the U.S. government affected that, how you can see, for example. Um, 
how, you know, how we, we'd like intercepted these phone calls of like Victoria Nuland saying, fuck the EU. And, you know, then later on, uh, you know, these little moments that kind of saying that's show. our guy who ended up becoming the yeah, president. Exactly. So, like they're calling the shot. It's, it's like classic, you know, pawn, you know, back, back room deal shit, basically. Exactly. And so and how else are you going to find out about um, American intervention in a foreign country like that, you know, of course they want it secret. So it's not like they're going to admit, you know, publish it in the New York Times, like Victoria Newland is going to, you know, <laughs> like try and, uh, you know, affect the, the outcome of the election in Ukraine, you know, that, that doesn't make sense at all. Like they're trying to do it covertly. So the only way we can find out about it are basically like, you know, these crazy little, you know, leaks or like in journalism, you know, all of this stuff that people are, you know, yelling about, like, oh, a Russian bot, like, that's, you know, trying to disqualify it that way. And people are, it's like people are being trained that that's how they can disqualify any sort of thing that's not within the mainstream narrative. Um, so seeing how all that, that was happening in 2014, and basically the U.S. was working out, and the U.S. has a lot of experience in South America. Um, yep. the, you know, so 2016, so, you know, we had, we were having, um, there was the uh what's it called um the accord Accordo with the the giant woke up um this was starting in about 2013 2014 we're having these um uh it's not about 30 cents movement which was like the free pass movements so of the students was there it was like a legitimate movement which just happens in all over the world and was this you know, for the, like public transit or what was this for yeah so okay. the the, the pass livery so it's basically like students that they have a totally legitimate concern they want to um they want to have they want to be able to take transit for free because they're students right and let's promote that you know so that was their concern that be then they became that turned into another thing other people became involved in it more movements came in then it gets kind of messy it's like who's like promoting this stuff where is this you know so these these protests just grew and grew and grew and grew in the same kind of pattern that we see in all these other different countries um it, you know to the point where they're having these like uh television commercials that are sponsored by coca-cola of an animation of the giant like an, an animation of a giant like waking up out of like the the sugarloaf mountain in rio and like with the people's support or whatever this is so you buy coke <laughs> yeah exactly exactly you know so then you know then we find out that like they're connected with the, they're getting money from the coke brothers um they have a movement called the emmy bay livery um that's like basically these youth guys ultra you know right-wing conservative guys they're like and so later as years go on to find out that they're all embezzling all this stuff they're all like getting money out of this stuff for personal wealth and whatnot and like it, yeah just kind of, so this is like you know this is the kind of time when like the brazilian flag just became like a disgusting thing to see because these are the people it's like in the united states with the american flag oh, so they kind of rally beyond behind it in like sort of a fascist way though i would you oh, know absolutely. the funny yeah. thing is though i wouldn't look as an american you know because i am not a fan of the american flag in a way like i feel like it's not going to age well you know, no, it's, it's almost sure, like no. a low key kind of Nazi flag where it's yeah. going to really represent imperialism, colonialism, all that stuff. But yeah. obviously we're still in the middle of this stuff and, and like, you know, the propaganda is real and and all yeah. that stuff. But I, I wouldn't really look at Brazil as like that same kind of thing. But I guess 
do people in Brazil, like on the left, are you know, do they look at the Brazilian flag or they don't necessarily do they look at it in kind of like a negative light like that or more like they were just really rallying behind it in a way? No, well, yes and no. And no, in the sense that, you know, it's the flag of this country. So it's all of ours, including mine as a naturalized Brazilian citizen. Um, however, it's been basically like co-opted by people who sort of who, who auto entitle them uh, to auto title auto entitle auto title themselves all the, they sell they call themselves uh, gente do bem sorry my english sometimes oh no this is you gente do bem so they're like the the good people supposedly right and these are the like they're so they're all the 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 bolsominians the bolsonaro supporters and they're the you know neoliberal capitalist flag bearing waving people those are those people pretty much so in a way um, they're kind of making it more like this sort of murka type of vibe for brazil in a way oh, that even if, so. even if yeah. the brazilian and, flag didn't really stand for kind of like fascism the same way america's has well, because see, they are kind of fascist and they're kind of co-opting it they're sort of like making it more like that, I guess. Well, sometimes you'll even see the American flag at the, their demonstrations. Like that's not an, uh, an uncommon thing. Um, you know, they're the kind of people that they want to live in. They want to live in Miami. They want to, you know, have the consumer, you know, benefits. Like that that right wing expat scene. That's like all the sort of worst characters of like Cuba and South America all living in Miami, yeah. just living it up, I guess, you know? Yeah, pretty much. So, so in a way, so then what happened, you know, so around like 2014, you know, we had the world cup and the Olympics and the world cup. And there were a lot of protests around that because there was huge amount of corruption that went on with the building of the stadiums that, you know, they build these, huge stadiums that will only be used once and or were only used once. Yeah, there's a um, lot of fuckery with the Olympics. I mean, I think that guy Dave Zarin has has done some good writing on on that, you mm, know, but um, uh -huh. but yeah, there's the Olympics yeah. in itself are kind of like a, almost like a pyramid scheme. They get these countries because then they they like Montreal went bankrupt from like the 76 Olympics, I think. Like, really? Yeah, I think wow. it sort of huh. depends, but I think uh, it's not always good for the city, you know, yeah, many times, yeah. you know. So, well, then we also had the two years later, we had the World Cup, which was a lot of, you know, FIFA is another, major another fuckery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so, you know, there were a lot of protests and there was a lot of reason to protest around that time. And so that then we're working up to like 2016 um, and, you know, the protests are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And this is, we're, I mean, I, you know, I'm guessing like we're talking millions of people on some of these like um, huge, huge uh demonstrations and so you, you, there was this kind of dichotomy because between so the leftist people or workers party people generally use red so you had people those demonstrations are normally everything is pretty much red you'll see the brazilian flag there as well because people sort of resent that the the, the, the right wing people right -wing are just people completely co-opting it basically yeah exactly and so but it's you know so you have this difference so at that time like what was it like so we had let me think uh so gilma was suffered the coup the parliamentary coup in 2016 and then we had temer uh that's right because i was naturalized and and michelle temer signed my uh document of naturalization um which was kind of kind of gross but anyway he uh 
so he he was the backstabbing vice president that took over after Gilmo was ousted, and then he was there for two years, and then um, and then so then we had the the, the election that Bolsonaro won in two thousand eighteen. Um, and at that, so at that time, there was this kind of thing where even, and even now, like this could happen now that, you know, there, if, if someone in, you know, one of these demonstrations of like the Genchi Dubain, Bolsonaro, yellow and green, blue sector, if someone, they see someone with a red shirt, there were a lot of cases of people being beat up just because they had the wrong color shirt on. Yeah, I mean, um, you almost see that, I guess, in Venezuela and, and other countries where you get, like, these sort of really right-wing reactionaries that are almost some, like, Proud Boys shit. Yeah, so just, you have... They're just out there. They're kind of thugs, basically. Yeah, so, well, you have so you have it on sort of a hooligan-type level like that, but we're all, we also see that um, they're targeting other uh, leftist community leaders, <clears throat> politicians... Uh, you know, local politicians and murdering them. Um, so yeah, there, well, was, who, there was like a journalist that was killed recently, right? Yeah, there was a journal. There was a guy, um, uh, Bruno. Sorry, I'm spacing, yeah, I'm spacing his last on name. his name as well. But um, he, and he, he was Don, killed like maybe last month or something like that. Right? Yeah, about three weeks ago, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so he he who was a uh, he was an indigenous, you know. So his life was dedicated to studying indigenous and studying and protecting indigenous people and so he was he was murdered and so surely it's you know by someone who's going to have to um to benefit from that you know and that's something that's not a an isolated case there are many 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 cases of of that of assassinations um especially of indigenous groups in uh, in Amazon area. Yeah, because they're uh, basically, all over Brazil. But, it's kind of yeah. like Bolsonaro is kind of like one of those dudes that's like, yeah, clear everything, you know, kind of capitalism. So obviously they're, they're right. clearing out lands of people that, you know, probably should be protected and they've been living there for a long time. So they're obviously mm -hmm. in the way, so to speak, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember kind of like reading about a bit about that election where like Steve Bannon was kind of like advising and yeah. like the whole like WhatsApp scandal. Right. Because weren't yeah, they like exactly. sending all these like messages through WhatsApp? And I was I remember I was talking to like Ben Norton because, again, like I'm a little bit older, so I think I've used WhatsApp a handful of times but he's saying like there's whole countries where people that's what they use for calling yeah. and everything like that so yeah. it's kind of a big deal they were able to kind of send all these sort of fucked up messages to people yeah. right yeah exactly so and it was it's absolutely terrifying because it's basically using this kind of analytical you know uh, analysis of data to be able to target people what they're going to be most susceptible to and they have huge banks of, of data to be able to figure this out and then they've also got these basically like armies of um message robots basically that send things on what so what's up is it's it's encrypted so nobody can really find out where they are and then they're also on top of that you know they're so they're getting money from illegal sources they're using it they're sending it they're giving it to people illegally you know so they're setting up these basically like message farms that are totally illegal and sending t in completely fake news basically um to the point where they you know can affect the outcome of elections yeah and then that's owned by what like facebook so i mean not yeah. that bolsonaro doesn't 
care. In fact, he's probably encouraging that or be you know behind it. But like, what could a country that doesn't want to do that do? I mean, if they, you know, they're not really in control of those programs in a way. You know, that's where it's like when people are saying like, oh, China censoring and all that stuff. I think they're smart to have a firewall against like companies like Twitter or Facebook that many, many times prove that they just bootlick the State Department. You know, so why should you have these companies in your country that could potentially just run havoc because it's really what the State Department wants? Like they'd much rather have a fascist in power because obviously that's corporate, you Mm. know, good for corporations, you know. Right, right. Well, and then, the, you know, to, to basically like twist the entire thing to the point where like, so that becomes free speech. And then the other, the communists are, that's like authoritarian, totalitarian. Because they're just know. trying to control their shit. They're trying to control yeah. their bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. It's yeah, like, exactly. like being, yeah. you know, obviously I'm still on Twitter quite a bit and get a lot of news there, but you know, many people refer to it as a hell site, which I, I don't disagree with because there's just so much fucking... They, they, again, they, they will use any kind of flimsy premise to kick off leftists. I mean, I've yeah. basically put, like, you know, all my posts are generally PG-13. I'll put asterisks in, like, the fucks and shits because, mm-hmm. you know, they, I, mm-hmm. they've, I've already been, like, in jail and they'll just cite... Sometimes it's even from someone else's tweet I've posted on Facebook, so... I just copying pasting some what someone else wrote, but they're like, right. "This is bad language." Blah blah blah. I mean, it's like yeah. meanwhile, like Nazis can basically get death threats to people, and they don't even get kicked off. So, I, yeah, um, I lost my train of thought. It's not really that important anyway. But I mean, I guess yeah. And uh, I mean, it must be a trip <laughs> coming from the states and being there and, and traveling to these other countries. You know, I mean, I guess you know. You must have some cognizance of like even that particular thing that you're 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 coming to like when you're going to like Africa or India or working with musicians. Um, I don't know, like what what is your kind of process with some of that stuff in terms of like the music, like or even like uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the exact question I'm trying to ask here, but. Uh, you know, like, do do you feel like, you know, because sometimes there's that whole kind of mentality that like, oh, I'm going to go in here and I'm going to take this music and then I can jack these guys and sort of make become a rock star myself or something like, I mean, I guess, you know, I, that's what I kind of liked about like, you know, you were showcasing a lot of newer Brazilian artists on, the, on your uh, label with some of those compilations. Is mm-hmm. that like kind of the idea that you're trying to sort of get some of these other artists out there in the world in a way yeah i mean i think that's one element of of all of this that you know that was one thing that i noticed that and i still notice that a lot of brazilian artists like they're they're not represented outside of brazil um you know if you look at like all all the there's some actually i saw something where was it uh might have been i think it was the, the actually the womex selection this year which had a number of brazilian artists that i was kind of pleasantly surprised to see that um there hasn't been very many brazilian artists there if you look at like the trans global world music charts um not very many brazilian mu- or even on the world music charts your what is it the Euro- european world music charts um also not very many brazilian music uh, musicians on there I think it's a lot of it is that um, 
maybe there's a there's a market in brazil for music so people do music here and you know that's maybe kind of their world in a lot of ways and also it's in another language um and it requires to get from here to there is a pretty big deal um so that's another barrier um so and also you know then these track a lot of the tracks that we pick like these are obviously not like you know pop you know pop tracks or kind of you know that kind of they're mostly pretty underground kind of tracks um so you know and not so not so well-known artists really um so we like yeah it's kind of a it's a combination of all of this to to bring new sounds to expose new artists to new audiences um and it's kind of something that you know i i mean i've been involved in the scene for decades now and so you know i guess maybe we all sort of find our own kind of way to fit in and sort of contribute and to interact and to participate essentially um so you know then there's also doing like my own music and so I, my own music is maybe a different kind of thing because it's a different relationship of how I work with the artist. Um, I mean, there, you know, I pay people to, you know, place, play, pay percussion or whatever. Or, you yeah. Know, so I know so there's a lot of percussion on your record, you know, yeah, obviously, yeah, you know, so. some, some, some beats and pieces too, but obviously a lot of uh, percussion. So I was wondering, yeah, you just, you get different session people in basically. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you know, most of the people on there are people that I've known for a really long time and, and I know what to expect and, you know, we have relationships. And so, um, it all kind of builds on that. So basically it all builds on relationships. Like these are relationships that I've been building and working on for like decades. And, uh, and so kind of it's in a way it was kind of funny cause I wrote in my, you know, I, I think I, I, I was with the press agent and they they did like an interview of me. Um, and there were, so, there were something like, you know, so what, how is your new music different from your old music? And I was kind of like, I don't know, at the time, I was like, well, I, I don't really know. I, I, I was kind of dumb. I'm kind of, I don't really know, you know? It, it's like kind of, it's kind of like, like ask somebody how, like, how, what, what kind of music they make. It's like, fuck, I don't know. Like, you know, I make, you know, but I, I had, a, so I think it kind of came out a little bit in the, in the, in the article that it was like, you know, he's still doing the same thing that he's been doing for 10, the last 10 years, you know, like, well, yeah. So I make, you know, basically like Afro-Brazilian music with electronic production and I pull in all stuff from dub and uh, different kind of bashment. Yeah, I saw that you had like sub subatomic sound system did one of the remixes. and. Oh, yeah, I love Am. And, She's and his, it, I'm super fan yeah, of Yeah, Am's just good people, man. And it was yeah, a, well, another Seattle uh, brethren who we met after. We never met in Seattle, but we're both from Seattle. Yeah, um, yeah. So, sorry, I lost my train of thought. No, 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 no. You're, you, but I'm just saying, you know, yeah, like just uh, it is. It's it's sometimes it is kind of a funny thing, you know. It's like the, the, trying to describe exactly the kind of music you do. You know, it's like. Uh, I forget someone was saying something the effect of like writing about music is like uh dancing about dancing about architecture it's like you're kind of yeah, like yeah. i mean it kind of like trying to try you, you know you can you can paint a picture of it but it, it obviously it's how you you know you got to listen yeah. to it but i guess like maybe i was sort of feeling a little uh i, I don't know 
to be saying like, yeah, I'm pretty much still doing the same thing. Like instead of like, yeah, I'm on these new, I'm on a new level doing this and that, and like you know, you know crazy new stuff. And like, well, yeah, I don't know. I, like, I, I, uh, <laughs> I <like the> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I guess you know, in a way, like this, the new album is it's it's um, a more deep analysis, a more deep sort of journey dive into. Um, these rhythms, these ancestral rhythms, basically, and and maintaining those same rhythmic cells and the same kind of um, the same information, essentially, but sort of in a new clothing somehow. Yeah. Yeah, because I think what's kind of cool about that whole concept is there is kind of a, you know, for people that, you know, are doing that, that kind of approach, you're, you're, you really are trying to preserve a lot of classic rhythms and traditions but then obviously update it to be played on a system or something like that like where someone you know if you're playing some big dance party they might not play some classic folkloric thing but then it's kind of cool to have dance music that has those kind of elements instead of sort of constantly coming from like a western perspective or just even kind of classic dance music it sort of expands the palette i guess yeah yeah so what do you think, what are some of those rhythms that you, you kind of incorporated on that record or, or what are sort of some rhythms that you've kind of come across in, in while living in Brazil that you're like, Oh, okay, I want to flip this. Like, how do you, how do you kind of get into that process or? Um, well, it's like, I guess, yeah, I, I listen to, that's a good question. I, cause I'm kind of actually, I'm, I'm beginning to, I'm thinking about sort of planning, organizing, getting ready to do a new, a new something or other, probably this time I'll just do an EP or something rather than a full sort of double album. Um, and I'm really, what I'm feeling really sort of attracted to and, and something that I, well, obviously I love rhythm. Um, and so I, I, so I, I kind of want to even strip it down even farther and be doing m even more stripped down, kind of try with even less harmony, less voice, less voices that less, and mostly just working with kind of rhythm and texture. Um, and so I, th I think a kind of the way I, one thing that I do is I, I, um, I mean, I listen to a lot of old music, like from, I got a lot of stuff from, you know, from the thirties, um, you know, the oldest stuff, there's another album. I forget the name of it. I'm so terrible at remembering names. Oh, there's no, a, it's all good. one of the, um, uh, like I want to say it was a cylindrical recording, um, from like 1918 or something like that in Brazil. Oh, well, they had um, cylinders down there too. That's wild. Yeah, I think so. If I remember right, um, it was strange recording device. And anyway, so, you know, listening to stuff, older stuff like that, is I really enjoy that kind of stuff. And, um, and I do I started doing a bit more sort of, I mean, it's not, a, I don't know if I could call it sampling, I guess it's kind of sampling, it's a form of sampling, like, because now we have these new some new plugins that will basically like strip out any element that you want. Um, and they're really amazing, like the, the ozone um, music rebalance, like you can grab, you know, pull out like I just want, so I just did a remix um, recently that I they sent me some of the they put all the stuff together in one st stems with and so anyway i use that to pull apart different elements of the mix and it's just amazing so i grabbed these old 
kind of tunes and drop them in there and then i can pull out the different elements and kind of play around with it and so you're pulling um, it out as like midi type files to trigger something else or no so what it'll do so you could grab just like basically any music any song and stick it in there and say and it and it's i mean maybe i mean i'm sure it'll eventually get more sophisticated but at this point you can basically say what is it uh vocal bass uh harmony so you're almost gonna have other. your your own four track out of just yeah so you know that's pretty wild yeah it's really wild and so you can grab that and you drop you know drop that into ableton then you warp it and you've got it all in the grid already and um and start working with that so i do a lot of stuff where i'll work with stuff like that in that way like i'll maybe there's a vibe or a thing or something or other that i like and i'll kind of you know get that piece and work on that and then add you know call in a percussionist and work on top of that add that stuff, put more, you know, programming in it. Um, that's kind of how I, I work generally. So I'm, I mean, there aren't really any specific rhythms that I'm sort of looking at. I guess maybe at this point, probably Makulele and Congo Gioro, which are basically the two, you know, so it's like the funk. Like the ballet funk kind of thing. Yeah, and so, but more on a, on a, on uh, an older right 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 they're obviously based roots on kind something of else. roots kind of vibe but also sort of combining those things i mean and that's sort of what i'm hearing in my head and i i do um so i go actually just before you called i was it was good that actually it ended up being good for me that you were later than we thought we were going to be because then i could go for a run um so i i ran on the beach and so one of the things that, that terrible I, you know, life yeah, it's a, a terrible it's thing. Awful. But I saw so, I, I ran, ran ran on the beach, and and when you here on the beach, there are all these um, kind of kiosk things just kind of lining the beach. So we live like just basically right in front of Copacabana Beach, um, and at each kiosk there are different sound systems. So you'll hear all you know in the span of one run, you'll hear all of these different musics, and then you also hear people, you know, with their own sound systems like on the sand playing this kind of stuff and so i like i really i'd love to hear a lot of times i'll hear things something maybe some rhythm or something like from a from a ways away but it's far enough away that you can't really hear all of the elements to it and so your mind kind of like plugs in the other parts of it and it becomes almost like, else. A, like a radio station that's a little faint or fuzzy or something. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, actually, that's another thing that I've I've experimented with as well to to actually use the radio just like that, like put it quite slightly out of tune, and then sort of you kind of it's like you get the skeleton of something, and then you can fill in the rest of it, and that's that's the interesting stuff, you know. That's what you keep and you throw away the skeleton later. Yeah, I was actually going to say that's like sort of a producer's technique where maybe you kind of throw something that's a sample that you're not even going to use to start building the basis yeah. or get ideas for the song and then you can almost pull that out because yeah, then exactly. you've built a skeleton that you want yeah. to take into whatever direction you know yeah exactly exactly yeah how and is, i guess also well, well i guess also that i was just going to say um i guess also just the fact that i've been here straight for i guess going on while well, i'm traveling next week but this will be the first time in almost three years that i've been traveling um oh yeah right you know, of course of course yeah 
you know, so I've kind of been mostly, you know, I haven't been going out, like not, you know, that sort of thing. And so the only kind of stuff I've been hearing pretty much in a public space is like the stuff out on the beach, you know, so mostly <laughs> just like this kind of funk. Yeah, the funk. And then there's also the Cinquenta stuff, the 150 BPM stuff that which is basically funk, but it's at 150 BPM. Um, that's pretty kind of wild this, so it's almost yeah, like this, hardcore belly funk or something sort of like, yeah like gaba funk or something yeah. like that but, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. obviously you know like how how is that sound even ballet funk because you know they were making that in the 90s i mean that sound has obviously evolved within brazil because well, it was yeah. kind of like a little thing for a moment obviously with like the sort of mia and diplo and you know, oh, yeah. it's kind of on the radar for a minute and then sort of, I think, has drifted off again. But obviously people in Brazil are probably still making it. And But how, oh, how do absolutely. you think that sound has kind of evolved? Well, that's interesting because um, so this new 150 stuff. So I was checking out um, a, a guy I know, a co sort of colleague, somebody I know here in Rio, who was also a Facebook friend. <clears throat> he put out a series of little I think were like you know some of them maybe 10 minutes long some were like three minutes or five minutes long and each one was on sort of like a mini documentary on different aspects of funk and so one of them had um they were talking to different DJs and they were in each of the DJs that were from the scene they're talking about like I'm into the you know I've been working with like you know the Volchi mix or the Tamborzão or then there was the Macumbinha so the, the Macumbinha, and then they put it on. This is like something that I've been, I'd heard kind of like around or whatever. Like I, I kind of, I don't know, there was, and I, there was a time when I was really into funk and I was really like following stuff and knew a lot of DJs and was pretty into it. And then I kind of, I don't know, went, my, did my own thing and I kind of lost, lost track of a lot of that that was going on there. Um, and sort of in the, around that time, um, it turned out that so one of my tracks it's um it's actually well there are two versions of it one is a remix that i made um god i'm forgetting even the name of my own remix um, <laughs> no, of a funk track but it was also i used this so i used the same bits for a track on my um my on quilombo do futuro my last album uh, but the way it was on my album, I had like some sound effects and stuff on top of the very beginning of the drums. But on the remix version, there was like two bars in there that all it had was the conga and something out a couple things, a conga and like a shakare. And, uh, and that was on SoundCloud. And I somehow, how did I find this out? Like somebody would start like email, I got some messages or whatever. And someone's like, they, uh, put a, comment on the soundcloud file saying like here's the macumbinha and then i was like what wait a minute and then i started and then she and then i saw that thing in that video it was like yeah the macumbinha and like then they started playing like all these like things with the macumbinha and it was basically like they had sampled the beginning of my track and turned that like flipped that to 150 and that became like the fucking the bass loop of the the macumbinha rhythm like basically and i was like wow that's crazy I that's went hilarious that's kind of like yeah. baltimore breaks you know it's like from like uh that disco track gaz's sing sing and or the amen break they kind of like 
they oh, kind yeah, of like but... built something from like one of your tracks yeah. and there's a exactly. whole genre or like the dembo rhythm which is like exactly. a dance hall rhythm that's basically Ex- reggaeton now but uh yeah and so i was like, that's like, wild that was, that's really that hilarious <laughs> yeah so i like yeah i got in touch with them i was like yeah whoa that's totally crazy that's my track that's this track here and like you know I, anyway so it was kind of a, a, a moment of like being you know you asked about the whole thing about like going someplace and working with people and like exploiting them or whatever oh no like, i'm not saying you are but i'm just saying like no no i didn't just having that, that con- way, no, I, having that kind of yeah. consciousness because you know there probably is right. people well, who so do do me, that you know so for me i mean to 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 sort of like taking that into account what you're just talking about like for that that for me was always sort of something that you know as an outsider a gringo you know middle class white guy from seattle like that was always something that i was tried to be hyper vigilant about and it's really important to um to yeah to 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 be aware of that and recognize that and to work to change things so it's not like that right so yeah exactly i mean that's was um, my point i mean you're a good dude i'm not throwing that i do i'm just saying no, that no, no, I don't, just I don't, like well, that so but i mean I'm, because so, i feel like you know you go to india you go to africa you're obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's kind of cool in a way that you know if you can help get music out there you know again well, so i guess to kind of come complete my thought I wanted to say that you know to see to have it at all sort of somehow come like full circle to be like that I did something that then you know that it was like I was like integrated I felt integrated into the whole thing somehow and like part of it and that was that was you know I don't know maybe not a lot of people really care about that but but to me that was sort of an affirmation that, that I was doing something that was worthwhile and you know that it was a good a contribution to to the community and to the music and to yeah i guess that that's what i was kind of going back to is like the people that kind of have that sort of you know an awareness that kind of community awareness you know especially if you're mm-hmm. kind of coming in from the outside that you're not just like oh here's some dope beats let me just jack this shit become mm-hmm. a rock star thanks yeah see ya. Yeah. you know who, who are the yeah. guys oh yeah i just jacked your shit so i think yeah. there is that kind of like it's good to you know and that's part of the reason i wanted to have you on this besides just even the politics i think you know it is kind of like how can you do this in a way that is positive that is you know you feel good about it you don't feel like you are now just another person kind of doing that kind of shit you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you still getting out to like Africa and India and stuff then on the regular? Well, I guess you weren't traveling for COVID, but previous to that, because actually what was funny in that interview that I had with you on FMU, you, you were kind of working with all these different people for many years in different countries. And you're like, oh, I should start working with more people in Brazil, you know, but I guess you've been going out to Africa and other places for many years, right? Yeah. I I mean, I guess, I guess, gosh. It's been actually going to Africa, Africa. Um, it's been I'm trying to think. Uh, I was because I was I went to I was in Ethiopia a few times to work with a festival there. Um, I was in. Yeah, that would see. I'm trying to. Yeah, it's been maybe the last 10 years. There hasn't been so much focus on being it's more on, on the Africa. Brazilian yeah. stuff, basically. Yeah, and, and the Brazilians that were also touring in Europe. And, and I guess aside from that, um, I was working with a festival in India and in Rajasthan. 
um, who I hope that we can like work together again because I we had a, a really nice we still have a really nice relationship. Um, uh, the Riff Festival, uh, which is in Jodhpur, and it's a. Uh, um, What's it like? It's wild. It's a. It's a. It's well. It's in this um, medieval fortress on the top of a, um, a sort of a hill that looks like that. You know that through the what is that called the close encounters <laughs> you know the close encounters with that the hill that goes up like that yeah yeah it looks a little bit like that but on top of it there's this fortress and it's a medieval indian fortress and it's just like fantastic and they have the festival inside this fortress um and so there it's the the idea of the the festival is it's a folk festival so it's folk music and they have a number of people that work with the festival who they spend the rest of the year they spend a lot of time traveling around rajasthan uh, and meeting the musicians and actually like, you know, really trying to support the musicians because, you know, a lot of them, a lot of these folk musicians kind of their economic, um, base has been completely changed around for a, for a million different reasons. Um, you know, so for example, there was, you know, there was like the guy who, uh, sang songs to heal cows of urinary infections. Okay like stuff like that. And you can imagine that in a lot of different ways um, that, no, you know, now they use antibiotics, they have veterinarians there. And so they don't hire those guys anymore. So the, but, you know, maybe, you know, so he, what's he going to do? Where is he going to sing his songs? And how is he going to be able to keep up doing the thing? So the, the sort of the opportunities for people to be uh, making money from the music, I think is kind of dwindling, but these uh, people from the, the festival are, involved in that and they're cataloging you know all of the basically trying to you know create sort of like worker maybe it's not on like a workers union kind of community level but it's like coming together as a community being like well yeah over in that village you know there's like a sarangi player and there's a tabla player and there's a you know this or that or whatever and so they which know, is kind of cool no. it's like preserving the culture in a way yeah, you know? yeah. because and obviously so, if if they don't you know, they had certain songs that were kind of sung that are sort of going out of fashion. It's almost like the classic Alan Lomax stuff, like recording the folklore stuff before it disappears in a way. Well, even, yeah, they're not, they haven't really focused so much on recording stuff. Um, they're more on creating opportunities for these artists to play live and to be compensated for playing live. That's great. Uh, and so... Yeah, and so the festival generates interest in the local community in the folk music, and then they're also bringing in, you know, international musicians to collaborate directly with the folk musicians. So people like me, who are like, to me, that's just fabulous. Like, I don't know very much about, I'm not an authority on like Rajasthani music really uh, at all, but I, you know, I mean, I've learned some stuff since I've been involved with the festival, but even now I'm still kind of, you know, there's, other people that are maybe more knowledgeable or whatever, but I don't know, I guess it's kind of a, uh, it's again, it's a relationship thing. You know, they called me there. They wanted me to DJ and bring music from other parts of the world and share it with people there. And so um, that's what I did. And that, you know, we slowly kind of like got in, got, I was slowly introduced to the, the, the musicians and to the different people involved with the festival. And then, so I went there, I guess, five years, five times, and each time kind of getting more involved, more working with some more musicians, and each time we'd set up uh, a live performance. 
with usually you know four to six musicians and then me on electronics um and i love that that's like how, how know, did they respond to that did they had they done anything like that before like kind of like well they do that's what they do basically uh, i mean okay, not, cool. not i mean not not necessarily with uh, not so much with electronic right. uh musicians but most with like so they'll bring in um they bring a lot of people from sort of the what do you call it the um east indian basin so you know people from like madagascar from east africa from uh you know maybe dubai or you know different areas in the indian ocean and uh so there's a little bit of a not not exactly a focus but they're you know they're close by so um the people coming from there but you get you know they're bringing artists from the uk from america from well from me from brazil um and so it's into the whole idea being that everybody is going to pair up with some local people and do something together basically that's really cool that's yeah. really cool yeah i mean that's yeah. the thing is that sometimes you get you lump this whole thing like world music which i'm not a, a huge fan of that label because it's sort of like everybody else you know but it, there's just yeah. so many different styles and palettes that it is it's kind of like oh, yeah. wild yeah. you know it's yeah. like a whole other world if you kind of just delve out of you know, again, you're not not afraid of listening to something in a language you may not understand or whatever. Yeah. I, I do think yeah. like that kind of keeps a lot of that stuff when you even were saying like Brazilian music not getting out of Brazil. I still feel like, you know, at least in the U.S. and the West, like, you know, stuff that generally isn't in English isn't going to get promoted or isn't, you know. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> it's true. That's true. But anyways, I know we've been talking for a minute. Um, I don't know if there's any, anything else you want to mention. I mean, I know you have your your record out or whatever. Like, what what do you what do you, you know? What's 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 hot? What's next, man? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. What are you promoting, son? What's a new single? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. But uh, what what are you looking forward to, or how are you how are you looking forward with your music and uh, everything in this wonderful um, world? Well, yeah, I'm I'm getting ready to go to Europe uh, next week, so I've got a couple gigs in in uh, in Geneva and then in the south of France, um, and then I'm I, it looks like I'm kind of taking a little bit of a vacation. I'm going to Berlin for two weeks and go and hang out with some folks there. Um, I'm it'll I think it'll be a curious moment to be in Europe, um, especially with everything going on in Ukraine at the moment. Um, which has kind of been something that's been occupying a huge amount of my attention over the last three, four, well, what is it, five months now? Yeah, it's um, crazy. I mean, I really feel like it's sort of melted people's brains, though. Uh, you know, people, it's kind of funny. I follow a few people where, and they've kind of like made a very good point that it's not, it's really not good to say that people are brainwashed because that sort of infers that they don't really have control, you know, but yeah. I do feel like there's kind of, it's more of like a cognitive dissonance that like they just don't want to seek they kind of are happy in their bubble, so therefore everything becomes more believable because they don't leave the bubble. So if you just mm -hmm. want to like digest corporate media and then yeah. you're happy with the yarn that they spin, you don't have to sort of punch out of that. But I mean, it's just crazy because then you just have people that I know are just generally good people, but then they're like, yay, neo-Nazis, and yay, yeah. this, and it's like Slava Ukraini, which then if you... 
go into like even the basis of like that shit it's like it's some neo-nazi shit <laughs> you know oh, what yeah. i mean it's almost yeah. like there is a bar in like the east village that has like a drink named after that it's like and that's my joke it's like yeah i'll have a sieg heil and soda i mean it's like you guys don't you, oh, guys, you know what i'm saying they have like a slava ukraine drink you know that's of course like some frozen drink that's like blue and yellow but it's just like you know it's just like i don't know i just don't feel like people really think about this because there's not enough questioning of uh the messenger you know especially like corporate media it really does kind of cook people's brains you know yeah well, I guess maybe for me, that was like one of the sort of sort of bringing going back to the conversation that we had at the very beginning of like going through living through <clears throat> seeing living through a coup d'etat, the parliament coup d'etat here in Brazil and right. seeing the aftermath of all of that and becoming, you know, so, all, you know, I am becoming even more and more and more and more politicized throughout the entire experience and learning more and more and more and more about the uh in you know the american imperialism and what it really is and then to kind of come all the way around and see um you know what's happening in ukraine now also being the aftermath of what the u.s has been doing the same sort of intervention the same kind of thing we're color seeing, revolution you know, type of shit yeah and and um and then but i think the thing so you know and and, and also being in Brazil, which is a company, a country that has gone through two coup d'etats by the United right, States. Right, right, exactly, from the 60s, one, so, right? Yeah, yeah, in 1964. Which, it, which affected a lot of the music, right? Because a lot of people, oh, like, left, right? Exiled. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so seeing that, like, and being sort of seeing what's going on in Ukraine from this environment here, it's really difficult not to, well, not difficult. It's like, it's easy to see that all of the manipulation going on and that it's not, you know, then I, I think that a lot of people are not able to recognize this, you know, how you see like, um, you know, people putting up these pictures of like, Putin as the villain, you know, with a like demon face or something on it. And um, it's really and screaming, you know, trying to try and, you know, I in the beginning, I put up, I don't know if you saw, but I put up a number of posts like talking about the Nazis in Ukraine and that it's a proxy war by the US against Russia, you know, and I'm and sure that the, made you very popular. The Rand report. <laughs> Of being sarcastic, yeah. you know. I mean, no, I, uh, well, I was, I was, I, you know, I wasn't. I kind of expected maybe people to be not so happy, but I was, I was a little bit um, surprised by, you know, people started like doing crazy shit, like going to like all over all different posts of mine and putting like Russian bot written in Russian to sort of like. Like Wild. spamming posts, yeah, and then yeah, like going... I mean, that's part of the reason, and it's like people probably think that I'm like some sort of authoritarian, but this is why I just stomp on people, you know, I just block yeah, people, I... because it's like, you just have a lot of disingenuous conversations, you know, you have people that, oh, let's let's debate, but they, they actually don't want to change their mind, and they're just fucking trolling you, so it's like, let me just skip to the end here, fucking fuck off with your bullshit. Well, I guess, I, guess I, I kind of, I just, I I decided to I kind of decided a little bit the opposite like I thought okay if I'm going to be like the reason why I put this up is because I'd like people to take this into account and like see that this is all being completely fucking manipulated and 
um, you know, th there are fucking Nazis there, and if you know, there this shit going on. Here's the proof of it. I mean, like, there's check Brazil it out. There's the Brazilian Nazis going there to fight. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean? There, yeah, and you know, Brian wrote all about yeah, that stuff. Exactly. You know? So it's like the the information is there if you want to see it. But but I was so I was really like, wow, people are like going out of their way to come on there and like basically like you know really like saying straight up like fuck you one guy was calling me a nazi he was a, a ukrainian guy that was saying that i'm a nazi well that's how and, that shit works that's why like, where's where's the conversation be had there none when, when none, people who are defending none. nazis are calling you a nazi it's like goodbye there's nothing to well, talk about. Well, and actually, they, be, you know what I'm saying. Well, I kind of let them. Well, yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't reply back because yeah, there's nothing to say. But I didn't block them. I didn't unfriend them or anything like that. I just let it go. Many of those people blocked me and unfriended me, including some famous Brazil, uh, German DJs, which I thought was really like you know these NATO fucking flag bearing. German white Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I, I got into it with Alec Empire early in my early Twitter days because, of course, I was a big Atari Teenage Riot fan, but then I didn't realize he was like a fucking Zionist. So, it's just, oh, wow. Yeah, so it's like, it's kind of crazy. Sometimes your heroes are like, oh, you make all this dope music, but then, like, what the fuck, bro? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. It yeah, is what yeah. it is. I mean, there's still people yeah. playing Israel and shit, too. It's like, whatever yeah. i don't know what you all are thinking it's like playing south africa in the 80s like if you guys want to play suntown it's just not a good look you know what i mean <laughs> right, but yeah, you're not yeah. the only one that did that i mean even elton john and queen and frank Sinatra, a bunch of people played south africa in the 80s you know so it's like people yeah. do dumb shit even if they make decent music they're just like where is your fucking head at but again sometimes yeah. i feel like there's this and i think what people get upset about is there's kind of a but it's a bubble world they're in a bubble and then when you start to be like hey i'm on the other side and i'm poking the bubble i don't think people like that they want to no. like they want to be in the bubble world even though mm -hmm. it's like you're defending fucking nazis sorry for mm -hmm. pointing that out <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, not yeah. sorry, but I'm just saying. It's, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I, I went through a lot of shit because I was posting about, like, is I guess my start in kind of getting more radical, even though I was, like, always kind of left-leaning and into a lot of different music that was, like, you know, mixed race, black, white, whatever, just, like, you know, like the whole specials, like all the ska and mm -hmm. reggae. So it's like, okay, I'm a white guy. If I'm listening to reggae, it probably doesn't make sense to be racist. And that's, so you get, like, a general anti-racism, but it's not like I really knew, you know, all half the stuff that was going on when I was a kid, you know? But it's like, yeah. especially kind of getting clued into just all the shit with Israel, like, 12, 13 years ago, and just deciding to post about it more. Because, uh -huh. it, you know, and just seeing like the real, I mean, I, my graveyard on Facebook is large. I had to block so many people <laughs> because, you know, again, you start posting about this stuff and you get people like, you don't know what you're talking about. You've never been there and all that shit. It's like, yeah, and yeah. it wasn't in South yeah. Africa in the 80s too. You can't, you know, there's a lot of kind of bullshit arguments that come up over and over. And then yeah. Yeah, I used to debate for days on end and then I've kind of like yeah. just gotten tired of it. Cause I, like I said, you, you kind of, you, you suss, at least in my opinion, you suss out that almost all those people that come on your wall to step to you are disingenuous from the start. So there's yeah. nothing really to be gained there. If anything, yeah. they're trying to intimidate you into not posting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
but yeah, but I mean that's is... me. But that's me. You know what I mean? It's like everyone can handle social media how they want to handle it. You know. My cat is coming here. Nah, nah, it's all good. But yeah, yeah no, I know it's it's kind of crazy. It's a crazy world. But I mean, uh, are you still like? Uh, did that kind of affect you? Like, I mean, kind of getting slandered like that. Did it make you think like, oh? I don't know if I want to keep posting about this or how did how did that kind of like, uh, interactions uh, kind of affect you? A little bit, yeah. I sort of realized, like, um, yeah. I mean, it was a pretty, a, a pretty amazing. Like the response was kind of like, kind of shocking in a way. Um, I mean, it didn't make me change my mind or question what I was saying or posting. Like I was, I, if anything, I became more firmly uh, convinced that that's this is what's going on, you know. And 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 also, just, so that was kind of a that was like you have just, to stand your ground, you know. You got to be yeah, like, was, hey, this isn't right, and I don't care if there's like twenty people saying that. No, you're wrong. It's like fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, in a way, like I became much more confident in my viewpoints, and you know, be, the whole thing it challenges you, you know. Yeah, so it challenges you, you. It challenges you, and so to be able to like respond to the challenge, you have to inform yourself, you know. So I spent a lot of time researching and reading, and you know, checking stuff out, and um you know we listen to like Deutsch Quattrocetti which is we have this great uh well it's on the fucking internet everybody has it it's the it's a local Brazilian um basically leftist news uh YouTube channel and actually Brian has a show on there oh okay um, cool yeah yeah and so they've got so uh they have Pepe Escobar comes on oh nice once it once every two weeks and does like a two hour long interview in in portuguese and which is incredibly and for i love pepe escobar um but yeah so you know following all this kind of stuff um sorry i went off on a little no bit. no but, no the, the games the games are very deep that's the crazy yeah. thing like i i feel like you really don't even need to watch like the born identity or all this shit you have all these spy thrillers you have like a real life <laughs> you have people that look at the world like the risk board for real yeah playing oh, fucking sure. risk games for real and i mean yeah pushing us to world war three because you know yeah, yeah. they keep yeah. you know it's sort of like the snake eats its own tail you know it's like you know like america was like living large when they sort of fucked russia in the early 90s and you know, mm -hmm. and China was still kind of coming up. So it's like, okay, here's our time to really dominate the globe. And then mm -hmm. now they're in a position where they're realizing like, oh, we can't have Russia and China together, except everything they're doing is pushing them together. You mm -hmm. know, like cooking, like, you know, and Pepe Escobar has talked a lot about this, you know, yeah, and yeah. like Michael Hudson, some of those exactly, economists, yeah. like the sort of the yeah. whole world financial split that's going on now. Mm -hmm, it's like you kick mm -hmm. Russia out of SWIFT, so they're going to start their own shit. And then mm -hmm. it's like, I think America's panicking because it's like, yeah, it's kind of a pyramid scheme. Like their stuff is not really based on the gold standard. It's not really based mm -hmm. on commodities. It's mm -hmm. a based on a bunch of people around the world that have their treasury bonds that, you know, maybe at some point will be, you know, worthless. And then America mm -hmm. is going to go into like a financial tailspin. So their whole mm -hmm. thing is like, we got to keep running the globe. So everything's on the dollar but i i feel like it's kind of slipping but the fucked up thing is 
you know, someone who's been running the world essentially for a hundred years, like the U.S., they're not just going to go away quietly. They might just try to start World War Three on their way out, be- like a fucking screaming toddler, because it's like, oh, yeah. no one's bending the knee to us anymore. So we gotta, you know. Yeah. So yeah. that's why, even as things fall apart here, they're still like, well, we we got to pour more money into Ukraine, and we got to fucking try to you know get taiwan going it's like are you guys out of your fucking minds yes well they 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 are are. they're fucking it's real life dr strange love shit because you know it's like these motherfuckers are like oh we can do like tactical nukes and we can have a limited nuclear war it's like what (laughs) What are you talking about like yeah we're just gonna drop a couple nuclear bombs and then russia is not going to you know it's like these people are fucking smokers yeah. of serious crack, man. Crazy. It's yeah. really crazy. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So I don't anyway, know. It's like so music, music, and and like trying to just be aware. I, I I don't know why it's like sometimes being aware. It's depressing, but I do feel like at least you kind of know just how bad your apartment is on fire while you're sitting there sipping your coffee. <laughs> you know, like that meme <laughs> with the dog. You know what I mean? And I don't. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. So know. you want me to send you music, or is that, are you even gonna have time? We talked for a long time. I don't know if you're gonna. You're gonna yeah, edit yeah, this no. Or... Well, we can we can wrap it up here or whatever. But um, yeah. So like how it kind of goes. And thank you, thanks for uh, wrapping. Well, thank you for having me. It's yeah, a of course, to, man. To chat with you to, to chat about all this stuff. We just you know just commenting online. Yeah. yeah, no, that's the thing. That's you know, it's like uh, just trying to throw out some conversations out there with people that I I respect. You've been listening to Small Changes, Stark Reality on jasoncharles.net. To hear the exclusive Stark Reality playlist from Magabo, check out episode 50 of Stark Reality on the Stark Reality page on jasoncharles.net, podcast network, music channel, on Mixcloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to Stark Reality and Stark Reality playlists on your favorite podcast platform. JasonCharles.net Deep talk, deep sounds. That was so deep.